If you believe that your mental and emotional health is less than optimal, then this episode is for you. You're going to become aware of 25, yes, 25 things that can negatively impact your mental and emotional wellness. And awareness is the first step to change because you don't know what you don't know. I'd like to start by saying that I don't really favor the term mental health. I actually prefer emotional health because mental is more about our thoughts. And I think when we're talking about mental health issues, what we're really talking about is how we feel, right? But I'll use both terms. The symptoms of suboptimal mental and emotional health can include things such as low or unstable mood, feeling sad, despairing, emotionally drained, anxious, panicked, overwhelmed, empty, being overreactive, or experiencing inertia. These symptoms tend to fall under the terms depression or anxiety. Thing is, they're just symptoms which are given a label. In the words of one of my greatest teachers, functional medicine doctor Mark Hyman, he says, depression and anxiety are often called diseases, but these diseases do not exist, at least not in the way we think they do. Let me explain. Let's say you have chronic feelings of sadness and despair. Conventional doctors might say you have a disease called depression. But depression is not actually the cause of your sadness and despair. It's just a name that we use to group people together for the purpose of giving them all the same drug therapy. So you feel sad and despairing, oh, you have depression, and therefore you need an antidepressant. He also rightly says that we don't feel anxious because we have a Xanax deficiency or depressed because of a Prozac deficiency. And that totally makes sense when you think about it. In the same way as eczema isn't a steroid cream deficiency and insomnia isn't a sleeping pill deficiency. Everything has root causes and we really must look at these instead of putting sticky plasters over symptoms all the time. I know this myself because years ago I was feeling pretty dreadful and went to my doctor and he got me to complete a checklist and because I ticked yes to a certain number of questions he said, oh, you have depression, and started to write me a prescription for antidepressants. But I decided not to take them, and I actually discovered the functional medicine route, and through dietary and life changes, I resolved my symptoms, because I was addressing them at a root cause level. Now, this doesn't mean that I don't have times where I feel a bit low or anxious, but it's infrequent. I'm able to work out why it's happening, and I know what to do about it. My wish for you is to be educated to a level where you can do the same. A few things to be aware of just before I share the list of things. Firstly, understand that our brain, our heart and our gut are the three control centers of our human operating system. They're all completely interconnected and they communicate with each other. There can also be many different causes for our emotional health challenges, depending on the person. And these also have a level of interconnectedness and interdependence. This is why I'm always advocating a personalized and holistic approach. And it's why I like to use the term mind-body. 
Secondly, understand that certain feeling certain feelings is just our mind-body's normal response to certain things. It doesn't mean you're abnormal. Thirdly, symptoms typically accumulate over time. So typically going from feeling amazing to a depressed, anxious wreck doesn't happen over a weekend. Although feelings of depression and anxiety can worsen or improve quite quickly. Now I'm excluding major life events here, such as breakups, deaths, loss of home, etc., because these are going to feel awful and you're going to have to go through a process of grieving and really processing those, um, those emotions. Fourthly, when it comes to medications, in a small number of severe debilitating cases, these can be helpful, even if it's just in the short term to stabilize a person and get them to a state where they are functioning enough to address the possible root causes. What I'm talking about more here is the general depressive and anxious feelings, which in my experience, most people are actually having to some degree these days. I really believe that wherever possible, looking at all potential root causes before medication is key. And I genuinely, genuinely believe that if we all did this, then virtually no one would be on medication for things like anxiety and depression. And the same applies for physical illnesses as well. In the words of Jim Carrey, who I'm sure many of you are aware is a mental health advocate, he says, I believe depression is legitimate, but I also believe that if you don't exercise, eat nutritious food, get sunlight, enough sleep, consume positive material, and surround yourself with support, then you aren't giving yourself a fighting chance. And we are gonna cover those things that he mentions, but way, way more through this episode. Now, it's not necessarily an exhaustive list, but it, it, it is covering the main things based on my knowledge and my experience. And I'm not going to go into loads of detail on each one because that would make for a really, really long episode. Um, but I will cover some of these topics individually at more length in the future. However, as I share each item, what I suggest is that you just ask yourself, could this be affecting me? Does this resonate with me? Is this something I haven't thought about before? I'm also going to add the full transcript of this episode on my website so that you can access that and read that if you wish. So first item is leaky gut or gut bacteria imbalances. So basically an unhealthy gut. At least 80% of our serotonin is actually produced by the gut not in the brain as many people think and the production of various other neurotransmitters and chemicals depends on healthy gut there are two things here leaky gut which is also called gut permeability and there's gut bacteria imbalances which are also known as gut dysbiosis uh, this is where you have an imbalance of bacteria you may have an overgrowth of bad bacteria like candida or bacteria in the wrong place like SIBO or maybe you even have parasites which is very common there's something called the gut brain axis and really what that means is that both the gut and the brain are talking with each other and affecting each other all the time now there's several different factors which are involved in having a really healthy and resilient gut 
and I'll cover these in more detail in another episode. Now related to, to health of the gut is this next point, point two, which is not eating foods which are ideal for your body. The thing is we're all different. So we all have different microbiomes, which is the ecosystem of bacteria and other bugs in our, in our um, gastrointestinal tract. It also depends on our, on our ancestry and food intolerances which we may have. These have an enormous influence on our gut health and therefore they influence our mood. So for example, I tried going vegetarian once and I felt physically and mentally shit. It was awful. It turns out that the ideal diet for me is a Mediterranean style paleo. So my superfoods are things like grass-fed organic meat and bone broth, eggs, olive oil and certain vegetables, but not all. Things like beans, lentils, chickpeas, soy and most grains are an absolute no-no for me. They make me sick and I know that's the case for many other people. One of, this, one of the reasons for this is that um, they're very high in something called lectins, um, which can be very irritant to the gut. Now, I know all this based on a DNA test and a gut test, which I did, and both are tests that I use with clients, and I talk about them and this subject more in episode, I think it's five, episode five of the podcast, um, which is called Five Steps to Creating Your Ideal Diet. So if you want to find out more about that and about the testing, then do check it out. The third thing is an impaired intake of nutrients or an impairment in the breakdown and absorption of them. So again, relating to points one and two, because it's all gut related. Um, if you actually, actually, if you want more information on the breaking down and absorption of nutrients, then check out the last podcast episode, which is number 10, all about optimizing digestion. So our intake or our absorption of nutrients is super important. Even if we're getting nutrients in, we may not actually be absorbing them. There are certain nutrients which are really important for our uh, brain health and our emotional health, particularly B vitamins like B12, magnesium, um, actually the stress response depletes magnesium. So if you're chronically stressed, you're gonna have even lower levels of magnesium vitamin D3 and omega-3 fatty acids, which are essential, um, especially the DHA variety. And the most bioavailable source of this is from oily fish. Um, bioavailable actually means the proportion of a substance which is entering the circulation when introduced into the body and is therefore able to have an active effect. So as an example, plant sources of nutrients are actually less bioavailable than animal sources, which is another reason why it's really important to optimize your digestion and also consume fat with our veggies is important because it helps us to absorb certain nutrients. The fourth item is unstable blood sugar levels. So when our blood sugar crashes, it actually sets off this alarm system in our body, which kind of feels like anxiety and panic. And this is one reason why a high carb diet is not great, even if you're consuming natural carbs and sugars. 
We also do have um, different individual tolerances to carbohydrates. So some of us are very, um, are very tolerant to carbs and others not so much. I'm not, which means I need a lower um, or a slower carbohydrate diet because when I have carbohydrates, my blood sugar is affected quite easily. Uh, this can actually be found out through the DNA testing, which I cover in episode five. So the fifth thing is caffeine. Now, this really does depend again on the person and on the quantity. Now, I'm good with one coffee in the morning and I love my coffee. It's honestly my favorite thing. Um, it's a real ritual for me, first thing in the morning. But if I have any more than that, I really start to feel not great. It can also affect our sleep quality, even if we don't realize it. Now, a DNA test will tell you how fast genetically you metabolize caffeine, which can be helpful, but also you kind of know how you feel when you have, when you have coffee. I'd also say that regardless of your tolerance level, ideally keep it to a minimum and keep it to the morning because it can affect your sleep. The sixth thing is alcohol. Now this actually disrupts both our gut and our brain. Now I'm not necessarily talking about a glass of quality wine with dinner. Some people are okay with this. The tolerance again depends on the person. However, excessive consumption is not positive for anyone, particularly if you're struggling with feelings of anxiety or sort of depressed um, feelings. It also disrupts our sleep quality, which again has other knock-on effects. Number seven is pharmaceutical medications. So even over-the-counter ones that you think might be innocent, like ibuprofen or aspirin or um, acid blockers like antacids, these actually really affect our gut and the chemicals in our body and can even lead to leaky gut. So wherever possible, we need to be avoiding those. Number eight is not breathing properly. Diaphragmatic breathing, which is deep belly breathing, is one of the things, I think it's one of the easiest things we can do to move our nervous system from a sympathetic state, which is also known as fight or flight, which is where many of us live, <laughs> into the parasympathetic state, which is sometimes called the rest and digest state. And this also improves what's called the vagal tone, which is the condition of our vagus nerve, which plays a huge role in our emotions. And yes, I'll be covering that at some point in the future. Number nine is lack of hydration. Lacking energy, brain function, um, our digestion ability, all of these things are affected by poor hydration. And actually most people are chronically dehydrated and it is a very, very easy way to feel better. So drink filtered water, regularly. Sounds simple, but most people are not doing it. Number 10 is lack of movement. So we sit a lot, so there's a lot of physical inertia. And the important thing is to be moving the body in some way regularly. It's not a, about sitting you know, at a desk for eight hours and then going and doing a half an hour workout. We really need to be moving our bodies throughout the day and regularly. Number 11 is environmental toxins. It's something we don't often think about, but that outside of our body, there are so many possible toxins. Things like pesticides, EMFs, air pollution, 
tap water, plastics, aluminium, synthetic fragrances, non-natural toiletries, mold, heavy metals. We actually can avoid these things to a degree, but there's also you know, the reality of the real world, um, which means we are still gonna be getting some of these toxins, but then we can boost our body's ability to detoxify. So it's not just what toxins are coming in, it's also how well we're able to process those and how well our bodies are detoxifying. Number 12 is toxic light. So this is where we're not getting the right kinds of light at the right times of day. We really must be getting natural daylight, even if it's overcast, natural daylight in the morning. This getting natural daylight without sunglasses, we want the natural light in our eyes. And this starts off a, it's called the hormone cascade. It's a cascade of, of, of all these different hormone productions and our bodily functions, um, which really is determined and governed by light. So we wanna be getting the daylight um, in the day and then in the evening, avoiding the blue light of particularly of things like screens, um, particularly before bed, because this is going to uh, affect how well we sleep. Number 13 is overstimulation or overload, and this can be information or stuff. We are surrounded by millions and millions of pieces of input of stimuli every single day. So we need to be mindful of how much stimulation you know, are our brains getting and are we feeling overloaded? This can also apply to stuff. Like, have you ever noticed how when your environment is cluttered and there's stuff everywhere, you actually, it really, really changes how you feel. That can be um, a big one. Number 14 is the quality of sleep. So it's not just the amount of sleep, but the quality. And you don't always know the quality of sleep that you're getting. Some of my clients get something called the aura ring. And that actually tells us how much, uh, what's actually going on while they're sleeping. So how much deep sleep they're getting, what's actually happening during that, you know, seven, eight, whatever hours that they're sleeping. And often they might be getting eight hours sleep, but the actual quality is not good. So we really, that may well be a factor in the way that you're feeling. Number 15 is lack of nature and grounding. Um, nature, any of you know, when you spend time in nature, it doesn't it just feel nice? Like you never spend time in nature and it just, and you feel crappy. Like it always feels nice. And it's because we're, we are one with nature. We are part, we're not separate from it. We're part of it. And it's absolutely fundamental to our mental health and grounding as well in nature. So, you know, when you are in nature, if you have the opportunity, get those bare feet on the ground or hug a tree or something like that. Sounds a bit crazy, but it really does make a difference. Number 16 is what content you consume. This is a big one. Mainstream news, social media, trashy TV. Please just stop watching this crap. It is honestly one of the best things I ever did for my mental and emotional wellness. I cannot express how important this is. Swap your morning news watching for meditation, your life will transform. 
Number 17 is relationship to others. So meaningful human connection, the quality of our relationships, feeling supported, super, super important. The people that we hang out with, you'll know if you think about the people you hang out with, how certain people, how you feel when you're around certain people. And so if the people that you're spending time with are causing you to not feel good, then that's something to rethink. Linking into this is um, sense of purpose and meaning. If we don't have a real sense of purpose or meaning, this can make us feel really low. This is also why contributing to others and helping others makes us feel so good. And it's a fundamental human need. Number 19 is lack of hugs or touch. This affects the production of our feel-good chemicals and it's a funda another fundamental human need. And most of us are, you know, some of us go weeks without, you know, without hugs and without human, human touch. And it's, it's becoming a real problem. So thinking about, you know, how much body contact, how many hugs and touch you're, you're getting with other human beings. If you have a pet, you'll know that even just cuddling your pet makes a massive difference to how you feel. Number 20 is trauma from the past. Trauma, which is, you know, trauma is, a lot of people, when they think about trauma, they think it's all in the head. Trauma is actually stored in the physical body. And feelings in the body from this can then create thoughts and hence mental health challenges. Emotions are actually energy in motion. And so we must release this energy that is stored up in our body. And there's various ways to do this, which I'll cover another time. But on a day-to-day -day basis, it's important that we experience our feelings and we don't suppress them and pretend to ourselves that everything is fine. 21 is unmet expectations or things not working out as we want or expect. If we attach our happiness to how we think things should turn out, this is a recipe for psychological stress. It's one of the major root causes of us feeling stressed. Number 22 is not being in the present and not being accepting and grateful for what currently is. Most of us spend our time dwelling on the past or worrying about the future. And actually, I think it's episode nine. I can't quite remember, but one of the previous episodes, I share a passage from a talk given by um, Sam Harris about presence. So um, if you want to find out more about that, you can, you can check that out. 23 is not enough joy. Having fun, laughing, playing, that childlikeness that most of us have lost. We've just become so serious. So it's super important to make time to just do little things that you actually enjoy, like watch some comedy, like it doesn't matter what it is, anything that you enjoy doing. 24 is not being connected to yourself. So being in alignment with your true self, being connected to your heart, following your inner compass, these are all so important. Trying to be who you think you're supposed to be is utterly exhausting. In fact, I would say it's probably the most, the number one thing that exhausts people 
is trying to be who you think you're supposed to be and who others want you to be. It is really exhausting and it can cause a lot of emotional pain. Which leads me on to number 25, the final point, which is over-caring what others think. This can manifest in lack of boundaries, saying yes to everything, putting yourself out for others, burning yourself out and then feeling resentful or sad or angry or drained or whatever. This is, this is also uh, something that I see a lot of and as a recovering people pleaser, I really do get it. Um, okay, so that's 25 things. What sits at the deeper root of some of these things, which are the ones that are behavioral in nature and our ability to change them is actually the state of our inner world. So our beliefs and our thoughts about ourselves, others in the world, which is basically a result of past experience and conditioning throughout our lives. And this is stuff that we really must address if we're going to truly feel happy and have positive mental and emotional health. Just remember that everything has a root cause and therefore it can all be addressed. And I recognize that some things are easier and simpler to rectify than others. And trust me, I've been through this journey. Um, but just please know that it is completely possible to overcome your challenges and to feel truly awesome. Now, I really, really hope that that's been helpful for you in some way. And if it has, I massively appreciate you leaving a rating and a short comment on the review for iTunes. Reason being is in order to share this information with more people, in order for more people to benefit, people have to talk about it. So if you feel called to do so, please leave a rating and a review. And please also do share if there's anyone you think might benefit in any way from this information. I massively, massively appreciate you sharing it with them. So that's it for me for now. Wishing you a super awesome day.